trade deadline is in the books. There's no longer a waiver period, so we now know what this Guardians team is likely going to look like. We'll talk about what went down at the deadline. We're going to talk about the game tonight, and we're going to try to make a little sense out of this 40-man roster on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Guardians is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry and 25% on engagement rings, set, and settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. I'm Jeff Ellis, the host of Locked On Guardians, as I have been from the inception of the MLB Network on Locked On, one of the OG hosts for that. I was a draft and prospect analyst for Scout and 24-7. Before that, I wrote specifically about the draft uh, and then was appeared on your favorite Cleveland sports blog as a draft writer. Uh, you can tell I'm a little down. <laughs> it's a bit of a depressing day. You know, it makes sense. I spent so much of my day today on Twitter and uh, on the side of Twitter, the hashtag or not the hashtag, the trending topics was national boob day. And uh, I just, I, I felt like a boob today. I honestly thought this team was going to do something. And, you know, I, I, don't feel like I'm alone in that. Uh, the I did get a little bit. Anno- Here's the thing: I got annoyed at the inaction by the Guardians. We'll talk about the, the minorest of deals they made, but at the same time, I got more annoyed at just some of the. You know, I occasionally get accused of going too negative on this podcast. The people out there, I mean, I legitimately had someone going back and forth with me where that he wanted to say that that Andres isn't good. Or that the Clevenger return and the friend Lindor return weren't good. Um, the the front office isn't good, and yeah, it's deflating right now because we all thought they were going to do something to improve this team. And here's my general view. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. I understand this year was not the year they expected to be in contention. They have a 40 percent chance to make the playoffs. You know, before the deadline, everything that occurred. Jose's in the prime of his career. He's just going to start aging and the production is going to slip as that happens that's what happens Shane Bieber is here max another year and a half this is honestly in my opinion a window because you know we'll get into today's game Tristan McKenzie continued to be inconsistent I mean he's been great and it's it's kind of mind-boggling to me that how much people still want to rag on Bieber when he's top three and like every pitching metric uh you got Bieber, you have McKenzie, and then you got, yeah, and that it's an issue. We'll see if these next you know wave of arms can help and when they're going to start to hit. But I, you know, at the end of the day, I just have to <laughs> sit back and go. Yeah, it's rare that they really get it wrong. Tobias Myers, I saw he just got cut by the Giants. That trade was, you know, didn't work out. Uh, we'll see if it's one that comes back to haunt him or not with the junior. Uh, Come on, I'm blanking on his name, but you know we'll we'll see if that happens. You know, Yandy Diaz. I talk about that a lot because that is one of those deals that has come back to haunt this team, and there just aren't that many of those deals. One can make a case that like 
I don't know how you judge the uh, the Trevor Bauer deal. It was what a year and a half essentially that they uh, traded him out for, and they got two and a half good years out of Fran Mill. So they got two and a half good years for a year and a half. And remember that year where Bauer uh, was pitching for Cleveland, he hadn't pitched that well, and he had had trouble staying healthy. And the 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 thing about Bauer, there's a lot of things about Bauer, but he honestly wasn't an ace outside of one year in Cleveland. He was definitely one of their back end arms. So you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to say two and a half good years of Fran Mill equals one and a half years of Bauer, especially because yeah, once he was traded, he improved. He was not pitching well in Cleveland that year. He was a back-end starter, which he had been, you know, I think we tend to forget that he had serious command issues and didn't miss a lot of bats. Or he did, he, I'm sorry, he always missed bats, but there were command issues. And if you want to look at him, he was likely, you know, the granddaddy of the ball doctors, which, you know, it, it's pretty clear that there were a lot of, uh, you know, a direct line of guys uh, that were doctoring baseballs in that Cleveland pitching staff, and it kind of started there. But yeah, I get it. I'm I am deflated. I am saddened by the just nothing happening. Uh, I think this is a I you know I don't know what the costs were. It's like Wilson Con- it, Wilson Contreras. I know he's a rental, but he didn't go anywhere. Now it certainly seems like I guess the Cubs didn't get anything that was good enough to make them. Uh, move off getting a comp pick this offseason. But, yeah, if you do a comp pick, it's going to cost you like $19 million if he accepts, which he might. And if he doesn't accept, uh, you're the Cubs. You're not getting more than like a pick after the second round. So, I mean, were the offers that bad? Was no one really willing to step up for him? Uh, you know, there was teams wheeling and dealing. And it's like, yes. I mean, people were like the Tyler Molly deal, for instance. Yeah, those are guys performing very well this year, but the Twins didn't give up their high-end prospects. The Twins didn't give up, you know, big value players. Uh, trades were made without a lot of, outside of the Soto deal, you know, that's, that's its own thing. But most of the trades that went down today were not, you know, big-name prospects, were not the high-cost guys. And this team has built such depth across the minors, I can't help but feel like they could have gotten something done. And again, we're in this situation where, you know, some people want to make a case that the 40, you know, 40 man stuff is overblown. I, you know, I'm just going to point out that if there had been a rule five, Joey Cantillo would no longer be in Cleveland right now. And Joey Cantillo is what the number two left-handed pitching prospect in this system right now. Uh, He was, he's had some health issues again this year, but he's been really effective when he's been given a chance. And he wouldn't be here. He would have been gone if there had been a Rule 5. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, And it's just going to get harder because this roster doesn't... They still need to add a ton of guys. And again, that's going to be more segment three. But they have to do a lot of work on this roster. And, you know, I've been screaming this for two years now. And they haven't done anything. You know, they, they haven't really done trades to consolidate. Or they haven't done trades to kick the can down the line and trade a a guy who's closer to the majors for a guy who's further away from the majors, like a guy who gives you a few more years to kind of evaluate. Um, you know, there's always a chance too, that that guy further down is going to develop and then you get more value that way. It, it, there's also a chance that by the time they move up through the ranks, they're never going to even be someone you consider for the 40 man roster. So who knows, but they haven't done anything about the roster crunch and they can talk about, how great it is to have all this depth. 
But right now, as I see it, the problem is, you know, we're in the, the center of Jose's prime. Bieber isn't going to be here too much longer. You have, you, you know, you can never guarantee you're going to get another top-end starter. You can't. You can't guarantee that these pitchers are going to stay healthy and that they're going to turn into another Bieber. So, and then you just have, I mean, I, by the by the deadline, I was firmly like, okay, keep him Ed. Like, he, he means a lot to this team. This team has a playoff chance. But when you keep him, which was not part of the original plan, uh, Ty Freeman, what does he have left to prove? You know, Arias, what does he have left to prove? What do these guys, have? they need reps. They need a chance to see what they can do. And by not consolidating or not moving off of vets for the last two years, you have all these players who've been on the roster for multiple seasons who we still don't know if they're major league talent or not. It, Cause bats fail. Like, you know, I, I brought it up today. Someone was talking about how the safety of bats and I'm like, no, no, they, it's not. We can, we made like a 10 prospect list just kind of going back and forth with other people about high, high end hitting prospects that just could not, get across that level who could not go from triple A to the majors. So we need to see what these kids can do. And if you're not going to give them reps, then what's the point of having them so they can sit in triple A for injury sake. So they can block up other prospects. They really need to make a trade. They didn't. It's frustrating. I do still implicitly trust in this front office. I had someone ask me like, at what point do you, you know, get mad about them not having taken care of anything for two? I still trust this front office implicitly. Uh, I trust, you know, the coaching they put in place. They have earned that trust. It is an excellent front office. There's a reason why every time there's an opening in baseball, someone gets taken from it. I trust this front office, but I can, as a fan, also be extremely frustrated. We're going to take our first break. We'll come back, talk about Ian Hamilton, talk about the game, and then come back in segment three and talk about the uh, 40-man situation, everyone's favorite topic. You heard it at the top of the show, Blue Nile. This is one of our sponsors. They keep coming back, so you must keep listening to these ad reads. People out there are buying. And what's nice about Blue Nile is you know, they're the first online jeweler. have 24-7 support to help you pick the right ring and it's an original piece it is not cookie cutter it's not like go get the you know the same thing that they're selling at the mall it's a whole line of this this is an original piece you're getting something original you want something that and if you're going to spend money get originality get something that's going to last a lifetime make your moment sparkle with jewelry from bluenile.com and going on now is the blue nile anniversary sale Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry and 25% on engagement settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. They won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Okay, Ian Hamilton. It's kind of funny. I actually found a tweet I threw up when... Uh, well, I threw I mean, I felt like I was going to throw up most of the, the day this afternoon. Uh, I'm trying to be positive. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm failing at it completely, totally and utterly. Um, right now, uh, Ian Hamilton, when he was drafted in the 11th round by the Chicago White Sox, I threw up a tweet, uh, that, you know, cause I, I saw the name. I'm like, I, I, I remember him. You know, he was, a a reliever 
in college. I tried him as a starter. It didn't go well. It really torpedoed his value. This was twenty. My tweet was from 2016, so it was the 2016 draft year for him. Uh, he ends up going the 11th round, which is an important round. He's a Canadian kid, went to Washington State, and you know he, he got up to the majors in 2018 with the White Sox for 10 games, 2020 with the White Sox for four games. After that, they waived him. Uh, he went through waivers, and then he went to Seattle, and I think somewhere else, let's see, Seattle, Philadelphia, and then the Twins uh, got him on waivers in February. So teams have liked him enough to claim him. Uh, with the Twins, he got up for about three days this year, and uh, it was not good in those two and two-thirds innings. He gave up two earned runs on a home run. Uh, the numbers in the majors have not been strong. He's, in, it, But again, it's the smallest of sample sizes. It's 14.2 innings. Can't take much from from yeah from that. Uh, this year in AAA for the Twins, he's got you know 188 ERA and 11.3 strikeouts per nine, a 2.5 walk per nine, a five for his hits per nine. I mean, it's it's spectacular stuff. But he's 27 years old. He's very old for the level, and he's had a few opportunities. And the stuff isn't stellar. It's just you know he's he's a nice depth arm, and he is a guy that. This this helps out Columbus, and if you know, I listened. To the press conference also was a little bit sad. Like they get about two minutes in, and there's a Antonetti being like, "Is that it?" Yeah, and people eventually came. But the whole pre- I mean, the press conference was like six minutes in length. It wasn't even six minutes in length. Uh, when you watch it, it was just you know halfway through. Like people just, it's like there wasn't questions to ask because there wasn't a whole lot done. But as he explained it. Basically, this trade was when Sandy Leon was taken off the 40-man roster that, you know, they have kind of deals in place. Like, okay, you go to AAA, and if there's an opportunity for you to get back to the big leagues, we won't stand in your way, which is why you trade him to a division rival. Like, I feel like it's it's weird that they helped out the Twins when that was the agreement, and they were honoring that agreement. And, yeah, he's going to go to the Twins and help them with some of their catching depth. He immediately goes on their 40-man roster. Uh, Guardians get an arm who is unlikely to pitch for them this year in the big leagues. One thing you say is he kind of joins that like Tanner Tully group of uh, up and down arms where I don't think that they are afraid of um, losing them. You know, it's like, okay, he's up. Now we're going to waiver claim him. Uh, there is a chance that he wouldn't pass through waivers. But the, the other interesting thing is, I mean, I assume since he was up with the twins earlier this year that, uh, I thought he'd be on the roster, but I guess maybe he wasn't on the 40-man because I didn't see a corresponding move. So when I, you know, I was looking into it, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I guess he got removed from theirs because there was no talk about adding him back onto the, or, you know, who they were going to move around to add him to the 40-man roster. So I think it's more about giving him a nice depth arm in AAA and, you know, honoring their word to uh sandy so that's why that trade occurred um you know the the good news is tomorrow we get cody morris in triple a i don't know how much he's going to get a chance to pitch but we'll have to see uh you know he could be you know he could be that reliever this team needs honestly he, he could be the guy uh let's let's go over and talk about the game before we talk about the 40 man stuff so before this game even started, <laughs> I was pulling my hair out. You've got a right-hander on the mound in Zach Allen, and 
you don't have Nolan Jones in this game. You don't have Will Benson in this game. Let's run Owen Miller out there. You know, yesterday I got into it with people on Twitter because it's this idea like, I'm like, I don't know if Benson's going to be here long term, what the deal is. And they're like, and I was like, well, they're not even playing him in his first game up. And they're like, well, it's because he got here late. Today was the day to play him at first. And they didn't play him at first. He pinch hit for uh, for Luke Maley late in the game. And, and, you know, Nolan Jones also pinch hit late. But why are they not in the lineup? I mean, Oscar Gonzalez, yeah, he's healthy. But Gonzalez and Jones would just be a platoon. Like, I, I get he's back, but we had questions about Oscar Gonzalez before he went on the DL. Like, it's not like he should come back and Nolan Jones is a bench bat now. No, that should be a platoon for someone who cares so much about not batting lefties against lefties. He, uh, it's just fun. It's like the, the thing with, with Luplo. Remember where he wanted to, like, Luplo should play every day. Like, he totally, and with by he, I mean Tito, lefty can't face a lefty. But uh, who cares? Or no. Yeah, but who cares about righty versus righty? Like, it just, it... You know, it was a bad lineup, and they got three runs, and they lost six to three. It was, as I said, inconsistent Tristan McKenzie game. He had the seven strikeouts, two walks, six hits. Uh, I only said, you know, eight base runners is not ideal by any measure. Home run, that has been his bugaboo throughout this year. Uh, but the bullpen is where, I mean, okay, so De Los Santos, it's not great either. He gave up a solo shot, but. I, the thing I will say about him is we often talk about, like, the Guardians have, you know, Class A and stuff, and it's like, you know, De Los Santos most of the time has been pretty reliable. And Sandlin going two innings and not walking anyone, that's that's unbelievable. If Sandlin in 99 can get back to where they were, this bullpen really doesn't need that much help. It needs a lefty. But outside of that, I mean, I Henches, Stefan, the rest of this group, it looks pretty good. Who reached base twice in this one? Well, Quan had a hit and a walk. You had two walks and a hit by Andres. And then, let's see, Owen Miller. No, he just had the hit by pitch. And then Luke Maley had two hits. He's your only multi-hit guy uh, in this game. Uh, extra base hit-wise, Quan had one. Maley had one. And box score bingo. Cleveland only had these six hits. They did have three walks. So that's nine opportunities. They got three runs. That's about right. On the other side of things... Nine hits, or uh, let's see, I think I actually got that wrong because it's three hits. I mean, they had 10 opportunities because there was the hit batter, but that's still three is about right. The other side, I think nine uh, hits, one error, and two walks. That gives them 12, so they should be about four, but they had multiple home runs. And, you know, Christian Walker, <laughs> I again, the the first podcast went up with no sound. I talked about it. I said, you know, he might be someone that's worth discussing uh it would have been nice to get him uh off the diamondbacks these past two days because uh, he has gone deep in both of those apparently he does like hitting in cleveland uh but yeah it, the momentum of the day was gone before this game began and then to lose this one you're expecting mckenzie like it's not necessarily that he had a bad outing before four earned runs is never what you're expecting from him like, you know, he had a 338 ERA entering the day. You're, you expect a better overall performance uh, by everyone involved. It's just not – it's a deflating game after a deflating day, and we're probably harder on everyone 
due to that. Who are your stars in this one? Well, Nick Sandlin gets one of them for that performance over two innings, allowing just the one hit. Uh, you would like to see him strike out some guys, but you'll still take the no walks. Uh, you got to give Luke Maley one, having two hits and one of the extra base hits in this game. And then I think you give it to Andres for reaching base three times, which is the high. Uh, it's a disappointing game because even though it's a di- disappointing in the regard that Arizona is a bad team. Yeah, they're on their way to another top 10 pick. At the same time, one has to also be very fair about the fact Zach Allen is a fantastic pitcher on the other side. <laughs> How about Kyle Nelson and what he has turned into? We talked about needing a lefty, you know, where that lefty is. Uh, it's weird. I mean, Arizona fixed him, and he has been spectacular this year. You look at the overall performance in 34 innings. Like, he never got a real chance in Cleveland. He got a total of 10 innings, 34 innings this year. 27 strikeouts, 8 walks. His whip is under 1. His ERA is 157. He's one of the best left-handed relievers in baseball. You know, it just... (laughs) Maybe their biggest need is is across the diamond and a guy that never got a a full opportunity, though he struggled mightily last year, and I have a hard time... um, You know, I have a hard time uh, blaming the Guardians for letting him go. Uh, tomorrow's game, uh, Tommy Hunter is getting the call up for, um, for Arizona, former Michigan player, I believe a second round pick of Arizona. Uh, you know, and that's the thing, like Arizona has, has the best minors in baseball. Sometimes I see people talk about it being the guardian. It's not, it's Arizona. Uh, tomorrow you'll have Tommy Henry on the mound, uh, going against Shane Bieber. It should be advantage Cleveland. This should be a series win. But, you know, we'll see about the woulda, coulda, shouldas. And then I'm really hoping we see some kind of roster move and we don't have another Brian Shaw start. Like, if you're not going to go out and make a trade to help this pitching staff, call up Field, call up one of these young kids that you're thinking of adding at the end of the year anyways. Just get that done. Like, that's what this team uh, we need to do. Again, or, you know, find an opener. Shaw needs to be no more. We're going to take our next break, come back, and talk about the 40-man a little bit here on the third segment of Locked on Guardians. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live, in-game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so the 40 man roster situation is something I've talked about a lot over the past few years. The one nice thing is it's not as terrible as a year ago. Uh, let's just go through the, the easy part first. Looking through the roster, right now it's at a full 40, but remember it's really a 42. Because you have Ghosts and Morris on the uh, the 60-day disabled list. And they even if they weren't going to play at all this year, you'd have to add them back in. So if we're going through this list right now, let's just going down the players who seem like easy cuts or players who won't be on roster. Brian Shaw, it's a team option. I don't think they're picking it up. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, (laughs) I'm refusing to believe they're going to bring back Shaw. Uh, So that's one. 
I keep going down the list here. I think they keep Maley because technically he's on arbitration. He's not a one-year free agent. So they, they're going to want someone in there who can catch, who has some experience. So right now we are at a one. Uh, Austin Hedges is a free agent, so that gives you two open spots. You keep going down. Uh, I think Ghosts, they try to pass through waivers. He hasn't been particularly effective this year. He throws hard, but it's not uh, anything world-breaking. He's an older prospect. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to pass him through. Anthony Castro, I think we can, you know, thank you, uh, move along with him. It just it hasn't been there. He's been useful as an up-and-down guy, but he's the, the Bradley Zimmer of pitching, right? Like a very fair trade in that regard. Keep going down and through. Uh, I do. I, they're not going to take Richie Palacios off, but do, what are they going to do with him? Right? You got Brennan up. You got Jones up. You got all those players in place. Uh, not going to take him off, but he is so blocked right now. He, I haven't really seen what he's doing in AAA. I hope he's getting some reps on the infield. He was an infielder to start out. Uh, you keep going down, and I think Alex Call is someone who you can take off like he is served his purpose and again with all the outfielders right now on roster makes sense to consider moving on from him so that's five rather easy guys to move off now it only becomes four when you add Cody Morris back in Morris will be up before the year is done Um, at least he'll be active he's going to be activated and pitching Columbus um, tomorrow so there's got to be a corresponding someone's coming off the 40 man not long after that. I think it's like two weeks after that. He's kind of in the the window where it's like the DL window, and then in about another two weeks, I'll have to make a roster decision. Four spots. Easy to come by. So you have to add Bo Naylor, Will Brennan, and Angel Martinez. Those are the three no-doubters. Various places have them as top ten prospects. And you're probably thinking, okay, who else is left? Well... This is where we kind of hit that wall. Uh, you still got Xavion Curry. You have Peyton Beatonfield, who, I, when I'm looking at these pitching groups, he's not missing. He, his strikeout per nine is under six. I, I'm willing to risk him. That's just me. Hunter Gaddis, Joey Cantillo. Those would be my next three to protect. And then you have Nick Miklojak, who's having a down year as well. The reliever, I thought he'd be up by now. He's the top pitching prospect in the Guardian system. But, man, relievers are weird. Uh, Ethan Hankins and Lenny Torres, the pair of first-round picks, that just, you know, they were drafted with Naylor. Uh, Torres' walk rate, and they both had health issues. I think, I mean, they both had Tommy John and Hankins. Um, just had his first start today, maybe. Uh, returning from that, I think you try to pass them both through waivers. I, I think if someone wants to jump on the injured arm, uh, there's a chance. You throw them in the bullpen, and you can the bullpen, the bullpen, and you see what they can do. But I think you try to pass them through. Uh, Micah Pyers is just interesting because what he has done this year, I, I don't think he's likely to be selected. Uh, you know, a lot of people really like Alex uh, Planez, but he doesn't, you know, worry me as much. Uh, so it comes, I mean, when I look at that pitching group, <laughs> it like, makes me want to go back. Because that's the thing, like, adding Will Brennan back in, uh, you know, we weren't sure if he's going to be at it. It makes it kind of a hard situation. And then this is assuming they don't do any other moves. That there's, you know, hope. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here 
you know, you know, fool me 16 times, shame on me, uh, or shame on you, however that expression goes, fool me 17 times, yeah, but fool me 16 times, shame on you, fool me 17 times, shame on me. I'm not going to believe that they're going to compile talent down and do some kind of deal that helps them relieve this crunch because they haven't. <laughs> I'm not going to believe it's going to happen uh, until it does. I mean, heck, we had a crunch last year, and then they went out. Because, you know, the worst part about that Tobias Myers deal, yes, a prospect went out, but they went and added him instead of Joey Cantillo. And <laughs> you could have had that, again, if there had been a Rule 5 draft, that would have been a double-compounded error because you would have lost Cantillo and lost the prospect you traded for Myers. But that's the thing. I mean, this roster... People talk about there's a lot of dead weight. There's not, and there can't be because they added 12 prospects last year. Uh, and you had, you know, your 26-man roster. That's just between the 26 and 12, that's 38. There's not a lot. There is not much breathing room. Like I said, there's five names I mentioned. One of them will probably be gone before the year is done. When Morris is healthy, Castro might be gone. Like that, He might be the one who's gone. Uh, and Anthony Ghost might come back and then be taken off. But if they don't choose to take him off, there's those three bats that they are going to add. But I'll tell you what, if Curry and Gaddis are exposed to the Rule 5, they are gone. I I have every belief in that, that if those two are exposed, those two guys will be gone. Um, Cantillo, you have a chance because he's just been in, unable to stay healthy. But it's like, who are you taking off then? Is it is Connor Pilkington the guy that you take off roster? I mean, I think you debate that. Uh, you might be saying Ernie Clement. I'm like, as long as Tito's here, Ernie Clement isn't going anywhere. So uh, they might have 42,000 infielders approximately on the 40-man roster right now, but they're not going to let any of them be a backup role because it's, you know, they want them to get regular at-bats. Uh, which I understand, but then there's also the point where if you're going to carry them, maybe it's time to just let, you know, can Owen Miller be Ernie Clement and maybe Ty Freeman or someone be Owen Miller? Like, do we feel that Owen Miller is an everyday player? I don't. Let me know what you think. Um, You know, I, I understand. Frustrating day on about, like I said, on every front. Uh, It is... Almost 3 in the morning my time. So almost, uh, change that. It's 3.30 in the morning my time. So I kept putting this off and putting this off and putting this off. And then I fell asleep. And then I woke up and realized I hadn't recorded yet. So I decided to jump in and do this because I, it's, I get it. I get it. I expect this to be my lowest watched video of the week. Because it's a very deflating time to be a Guardians fan. It, it, there's just no other way around it. It is a very deflating time. Uh, it's a first place team. It's not a first place team, but it's a team very close to first place that did nothing to improve themselves and helped their division rival get better. Now I respect the fact that they were, uh, you know, honorable to their word, but they helped the first place team get stronger and did nothing to help themselves. And I, like I said, I've talked about it on the show this week, and I've been I've been pretty good this week. Like you should be watching, right? I called the Benson call up. I called the Fran Mill demotion. Um, you know, they weren't going to sell on Fran Mill because it's selling low and that's not what they do. They, you know, this, the depth is there to make a deal. It would have been nice to see one. I don't know. 
we'll have to wait and see. Yes, they can make a trade in September before in November and October when rosters get you know set after the postseason is done. But the problem with those deals are teams are also dealing with their own crunches, feeling, figuring out their rosters, and they are less likely to do three-for-one deals. They are less likely to trade for that guy unless it's a massive discount or a complete flyer like the Guardians did with Myers. Like, okay, yeah, we'll trade you an interesting bat who's in the, you know, the Dominican Summer League, who's in the off-site stuff. The value of some of these players is going to sink a bit. And we'll have to wait and see, but... The Rule 5, it just it's feeling like an inevitability that this team is going to lose two to three players. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Guardians podcast for this week. Sorry for the negativity. Just down day. Uh, remember to rate and review. It helps. Let's knock off that Twins fan who left a nasty review um, because he was a Twins fan and apparently just feels the need to be not nice. Uh, remember to subscribe on YouTube. We're getting close to 500 subscriptions. I appreciate all you do out there, my Lockdown Guardians listeners. Um, and that's, you know, that's it. As I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.